Welcome, and thank you for listening to the John Burt Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to ignite the leader within. This podcast is all about having conversations to help leaders tap their inner core and find their core purpose as leaders. In each episode, I discuss leadership principles I've learned from 36 years of leading organizations and coaching clients through growth and change, and interviewing incredible leaders that are inspiring their organizations and communities today. I was a management consultant for many years, and now I coach clients on leadership, culture, and talent because I firmly believe that that is where I can make a real difference and influence the passion and performance of leaders and the day-to-day experience of individual contributors in organizations. In this series called Intelligent Leadership, I interviewed John Matone, the founder of Intelligent Leadership, and one of the world's renowned executive coaches. We'll be discussing the 12 principles of intelligent leadership. Intelligent leadership is a philosophy I follow in my coaching practice and one that has produced significant results for my clients. My guest, John Matone, is the world's top executive coach, a best-selling author, and the founder of four exceptional coaching and leadership development companies. John is the pioneer of intelligent leadership, a transformative, results-oriented leadership growth philosophy and process that ignites, cultivates, and polishes an individual's heart, mind, and soul in support of creating an exceptional leadership and cultural capability in an organization. I know you'll enjoy this podcast series with John Matone, so let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the John Burt Leadership Podcast. I'm here with my guest, the world's top leadership coach, John Matone. Welcome, John. Great to be here, JB. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It's really an honor to have you. pleasure. John, we're talking about intelligent leadership and how to ignite the leader leader within. Uh, You've defined 12 tenets of intelligent leadership. And the second tenet we're talking about today is prescription before diagnosis is malpractice in medicine but also in the world of executive coaching, leadership development and culture transformation. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, I've always, I I like these medical analogies, I guess, JB. Uh, And this one, this one really, you know, this one really hits me. Um, This whole notion of, you know, if you're going to create a strategy, a go forward plan, a a prescription, if you will, um, it's got to be based upon accurate diagnosis. Um, where, where did all this come from? You know, so I was trained in the, in the field of industrial organizational psychology. I got an advanced degree, uh, and I learned, uh, years ago, how important it was to measure, you know? And so I've taken that, I've taken that perspective, uh, obviously throughout my career, but in particular in the world of executive coaching, I've discovered that there's a lot of coach and listen, there's a lot of great coaches out there, but. There's also some gaps. And, uh, you know, I've had the chance to work with a lot of coaches globally. And, um, you know, uh, there's a gap. And one of the big gaps is I don't think a lot of coaches out there will do the level of due diligence that is required to provide an accurate diagnosis 
of a leader's inner core, uh, meaning uh, a perspective, uh, an accurate perspective of all of those elements that drive greatness in the outer core, uh, you know, self-image, uh, thinking patterns, emotional makeup, and so on and so forth, beliefs. Um, how in the world can you co-create a, a prescription with your client uh, where they can leverage their strengths and address their gaps accurately unless you've done your due diligence mm-hmm. on the upfront part of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to me, to me, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are. Uh, well, I already do, but you, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying, right? Well, John, you, you know, my wife as a clinical pharmacist, so she loves this one. She, she's very, she's very happy that there I'm practicing go. this, but, but even, even within consulting, I mean, we are, we are, we've been living in the now generation. Right. We want, as the song goes, we want it all and we want it now. And, uh, you know, I've, I yeah. found this even, you know, back in my, my prior days when I was working with clients uh, in, in consulting is that everybody wanted to skip the diagnostic part, the, you know, the assessment part to try to figure out where you were. It's like, well, you, you should know. And it's like, well, but we haven't really been thinking about it in terms of this yeah. particular change. So we do need to, to get that, that starting point. Right. Yeah. And, but, you know, as you know, Coaches, I agree with you. I think sometimes there are coaches out there that want to just start dispensing advice. Um, you know, if you listen to enough oh, yeah. podcasts, you, you know, you probably you probably hear a number of those. But there's also a lot of clients that want to skip past the the discovery part or the assessment part too. They want to just just this is the problem I want you to help me solve. So, exactly. You, you know, everybody wants to accelerate and move fast. There and, you go. I, I find this 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 area of discovery and assessments to be one of the most important parts of the coaching business that, that I do at the coaching work that I do, because without a doubt, every client finds some things in there and they're going, wow, I, I, I maybe knew that, but I didn't really, it, it wasn't so clear to me as it is now as to how this particular thinking pattern or this particular value that I've picked up is affecting the way that I'm interacting with, with colleagues and with yep. peers and with subordinates. So it's a, it is something that I think that we we need to spend a lot more time on. Uh, there's no question about it, and and you know uh, you know as as an intelligent leadership uh, master coach, JB, we we pride ourselves on this on this tenet. Um, we 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 app now we don't go crazy though, okay? Because you know we you don't want to put a client through a hundred assessments, mm-hmm. but you do have to put them through. Um, a series of assessments, especially the ones that measure the inner core, so that you can corroborate the findings that are yielding from the assessment or figure out the discrepant information, right? Mm-hmm. Because not all the inner core assessments are going to agree. Uh, that's right. important to look at, you know, and, uh, and it's also important to, uh, and, and you already know this, um, to involve your client in helping the coach uh, connect the dots, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, 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 you know, there's a lot of coaches out there. Hey, I'm certified in this instrument and that instrument, you know, and, you know, they put all their certifications on the LinkedIn and the, and they should be proud of the certifications, but uh, your client really honestly is looking for partnership. They want to, you know, you got a hook, you got a hook at the hip with them. 
Uh, and it's about co-diagnosis. It really is. Even though you've got a perspective on these assessments, uh, invariably what ends up happening is that uh, your client's going to share some perspective and some experience that will give you context that will help you better understand, you know, the, 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 the assessments. One thing that I've discovered uh, is that there's, there's coaches out there and, and, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to hesitate saying this because I've said it before. Uh, it's sort of a pet peeve of mine. I believe that you cannot uh, do great work as a coach if all you utilize is a 360. And you're not utilizing the inner core assessments and looking at that interplay. As you know, JB, is so critical to look at the interplay, right, in terms of what the objectives uh, assessments are saying about your client in the 360. It's really a two-dimensional scheme mm -hmm. that we've got to mm -hmm. look at. And, and what's interesting is, you know, if, if you're just looking at one access and you're not involving the other access, uh, you're not going to find those discrepancies that are so, so critical uh, for your clients so they can become the best that they can be by putting together strategy, you know? Yeah. Well, as a coach, John, I, I, I try to recognize people are complex. And, and it's always been the case with the, oh, the yeah. clients that I've worked with that, that people are complex and there is no one size fits all exactly. um, that you can find. So the the more discovery work you can do with the client and, and hopefully get them to that aha moment. And I love this when, when you reach this with a client where they go, ah, that's what it is, right? Or there's exactly. the light bulb goes on and they they finally get it about how the connections between something that they've been thinking and something those emotions or particular behavior and how the effect that it's having on others. But but everybody, each individual is going to be complex and each individual's makeup and their balance of the different uh, leadership styles and 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 their and their their inner core is going to be unique to that individual. So as a coach, uh, we you know you and I both we, we understand that you need to really get that accurate picture for that individual. Um, I mean, there's a lot of common you know obviously some some, sure. some common ideas, but but the individual and how they actualize that is going to be different and it's going to be very unique to them. Yeah. So so you know. Uh, I, I loved what you said a few minutes ago. There is a tendency to speed this stuff up. And you know, right? The, the, the real power and the magic, if you want to call it magic, let's call it magic, okay, uh, of executive coaching is getting clients to slow everything down, okay? Mm -hmm. And how difficult that is in this day and age, right? Mm -hmm. Um. You know, because, yeah, you're right. Some clients, you know, uh, might be might be impatient with the diagnostic phase of the uh, the, the coaching process. Um, but if you're a really good coach and you partner with your client and you're revealing in, and again in partnership with them information that can help them, they're going to appreciate the slower pace, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's really, really important. You know, um, and I think the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, uh, there's, there's a notion here of of really, honestly, we need to be doctors. We need to be medical doctors uh, on, on the diagnostic part. But when it comes down to um, the prescription and co-creating the prescription, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you go to the doctor 
and, and they do their diagnostic work, they say, hey, JB, here's the prescription. And they mm-hmm. hand you the prescription. We cannot do that as executive coaches, JB. And you understand that, right? What we do is we do the diagnostic work. We're very, and we do it with pride. We do it with accuracy. We do our due diligence uh, and so on and so forth. But when it comes down to the actual creation of that prescription, uh, you work with your client. And that way mm-hmm. your client is much more accepting, right, of that strategy. And that, they're that much more motivated to start executing that strategy. That's yeah. the experience too, right? Well, I think as, as intelligent leadership executive coaches, especially, John, right, it's it's one of the things that we bring to um, to the coaching profession is just years of experience. So you are trying to understand that individual and perhaps the strengths and weaknesses that they have, and then the environment that they're in, the, the, the work that they're doing, the type of leadership position or the challenges that they've got, and then where do they want to go, right? So you know, with the experience that you have, you, you've, you've been on that path before you've, you've, you've taken that journey before, so you can actually help them guide them. But that starting point of, of getting that initial understanding of their, of the ecosystem and the environment and their, 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 in their individual makeup in terms of how they're, how they're going through that journey is, is part of the, the work that we do. And I, I gotta tell you, you know, I mean, discovery sessions I've done, with some clients, I've done one discovery session that's covered like an hour, hour and a half. Others, I've had two or three sessions because we're still, like you said, we're slowing down. Me too. And we're unpacking and we're starting to talk about real situations. And and you you want to give the space because you're going to find some you're going to find some real deep stuff there um, that will help you in that journey if you understand and it and you and we can start to to connect the dots. We, we talked a lot about what's a coach's role for senior executives is the senior executives don't usually get that feedback from, from their peers, not maybe the feedback that they're looking for from their peers or their <laughs> yeah. boss, because it's right. a lonely, it's a lonely journey, right? But that if you are an executive and you can have a coach, somebody who you can spin ideas off of and, and, and have as a sounding board or to discuss a situation and have them give you some really honest feedback as to, Hey, you know, maybe I think I could have done it a little bit better if I did it this way or did it that way. What do you think? And we have those types of discussions. Um, I had a client the other day that told me, he said this, that we've been on a journey for, I think a little over a year. And he told me that he says the the best part of this session is I get somebody to talk to. I have somebody who I can actually open up and I can talk about what's really going on. Who's not judging me for my, my next raise. Who's not um, a peer that I'm trying to influence or somebody who's working for me who might think differently about me. So it's, it's, it's being that type of a partner, the hip to hip with the, with the clients. That's really important. I'm with you hundred percent. And, uh, you know, uh, I've had the uh, numerous experiences just like that. Just the appreciation, uh, that a client has, uh, for you because you, you are in their corner, number one. And number two, they know that they can come to you really for anything. You know, and I, I do say that, you know, to my clients, uh, I, I, I tell them, you know, call, call me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. anytime, you know? Yeah. And, uh, trust me, I've gotten a couple calls, you know, at two in the morning, uh, you know, from another part of the, the world, you know? Yeah. And I always answer my, my phone. I'm always there for my clients. And I know that's how you work too, how important that is. But, um, I, I do think coaches make a, make a lot of mistakes here uh, without valuing um, 
the, the, just this notion of slowing down and being really, really accurate with respect to who is this individual? Um, have I calibrated not only their inner core, but have I also accurately calibrated their outer core, you know? Mm -hmm. And so just mm -hmm. don't rely on a 360. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you, if you use a 360 and you don't interplay the objective assessments, um, shame on you, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the other thing, too, is, you know, if you use a 360, but you don't corroborate with doing some interviews, right, with a subset. And I know that's what you do, JB, how important that is, right, to be able to just don't rely on the 360, you know, get out there and grab a subset of the stakeholders, you know, like five or six, and you do some basic interviews with them. And lo and behold, you find out data that you're not getting with a 360. And you yeah. know, our 360 has got 72 items built into this thing, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And, and you know, you, you're, you touched on another point. We'll get to that, I think, in one later session that has sure. to do with feedback, right? It's these days, it's so difficult to get really honest and critical feedback. And like what you just you were just saying is that you have to ask the question a number of times and in a number of different ways and in a number of different settings that the idea of, of, of actually going once you've done the 360, it may seem like it's repetitive. But I got to tell you, those conversations you have one on one where somebody is not recording it and they're not. Um, it's not going to be a part of a survey or so, so on, on a document somewhere. <laughs> All of a sudden, things start coming out, right? But these are very, very helpful. I think that the, the thing that I always try to impress upon my clients is how everybody wants to help them achieve and become a better leader. Yeah. It, it, it's been universal. There, you know, people see that, and if they see that it's honest, they see that it's heartfelt, they see that that the leader is really looking to improve. Yep. They get in the boat. They want to be part of that. They want to help that leader to to uh, to improve. And I got to tell you that you know you say get yeah. get a call in the morning. I mean, there are calls where people are struggling with something, but there are also those calls where people call you and say, "Hey, listen, I just wanted to let you know, I just got out of this meeting, and you know one of their one of their difficult stakeholders that they they've had some problems with. They said it went fantastic." It was just, it, it was, it, we completely changed the nature of our relationship. And I just wanted to let you know that. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, in sort of, you know, surprise phone call. So I've gotten a, a number of those as well, where you just have people who are just so um, excited about the, the change in their relationships with other people that they want to talk to you about it. And they want to share that, that improvement with you. So that's, that's pretty amazing. So, yeah. um, yep. you know, my wife would be thrilled, John, that we're we're both um, going to be <laughs> writing prescriptions. I'm sure that she'll <laughs> she'll, she'll ask if we're going to go get our PharmD uh, licenses before there you uh, go. too long. There you but, go, John. This has been fascinating. Um, I love and the the idea of intelligent leadership. I love what it means and what stands behind it. I think it is really something that um, is important for us coaches, but also for leaders. Um, and and I think it's going to improve the the. Um, the ability for leaders to perform at their best. So I'm, I'm, we were going to get out there and we're going to change, change Thanks and improve leaders one leader at a time. There so, you go. So, so thank you so much for, for doing this segment. We have a few more to do. So I'm going to hold off the final thank yous, but thank you so much for joining and being part of this, John. My pleasure, JB. Thank you. All right. Until next time. Bye.
Leaders, if you liked this episode and you want to learn more about discovering your leadership style and understanding your strengths and weaknesses as a leader and how you show up for your teams, I'd encourage you to visit my website at johnbert.intelligentleadershipec.com or email me at jbert at intelligentleadershipec.com. I'll also put this info in the notes for this podcast episode. Please join me for episode number three, where I'll be speaking again with John Matone about intelligent leadership.